Last week, I talked about grief. And the title of the sermon last week was A Journey of Grief. And I realized as I was standing up here that it was going to be too long of a journey for one week. <laughs> and so this is part two of A Journey of Grief as we walk along this road, right? Who knows that grief doesn't just last two weeks, though. So. <laughs> I'm going to talk about it two weeks, but it lasts a lot longer than that. Um, in Matthew 5, it says, blessed are those, it's Matthew 5, 4, and it says, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And that is my prayer today for all of you who are grieving and mourning and um, could be grieving a loved one, or you could be grieving a life circumstance or something that has happened or even something that didn't happen. But um, our prayer is that you shall be comforted as you walk through this. And to give a little recap of last week, we talked about feelings. We talked about how it's okay to cry. We talked about communicating. And if some of you guys wanna hear it, it is recorded. Um, if you wanna go back, cause I'm just gonna give a really brief overview. Talked about talking about our loss and pain, not hiding or denying our feelings. We talked about how we grow through our experience of grief and loss. And although it's not comfortable, it can provide a marker in our life for transformation. You know, God does amazing things with broken situations and broken people. Um, we talked about grieving our way and how we're changed by our loss and that other people are changed by their loss too. And to give yourself permission to grieve in the way that you need to grieve. We talked about how grief helps us to become more Christ-like. Um, because Jesus Christ gave us an example of how to grieve and how to love God through it and how to see beauty even in the hard times. Talked about our unique path and how our path in grief doesn't look like other people's, um, but it was unique to us. And our paths may cross, but we have to walk it alone with God, never alone, but with God. So, uh, and then we talked about accepting God's grace, that in 2 Corinthians 2.9, it says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And today we're going to start with a scripture that I thought was really interesting. And I still, I've been thinking about it and kind of meditating on it. I don't have the answer for it, but I just wanted to start out today with reading Isaiah 57, one and two. It's puzzling to me and maybe it's not puzzling to you. Maybe it, maybe it will be really clear to you. but I felt like I needed to share it. Isaiah 57, one and two says, the righteous man perishes and no one lays it to heart. Devout men are taken away while no one understands. For the righteous man is taken away from calamity. He enters into peace. They rest in their beds, those who walk in their uprightness. And so, um, I guess God understands, right? More than we do, his thoughts are above our thoughts. 
because God's ways are above our ways. And we don't always understand, but that that verse right there um, kind of says that we don't understand, I guess. And the person who wrote it kind of resonated with sometimes how we feel. And last week I read Psalm 23 before we started, I think. And this week um, I'm going to read another Psalm um, or part of a Psalm. Let's see, it's going to be Psalm 139, 1 through 18. And I want you to listen to it as I read it and just in the context of grieving and my loved ones or grieving other things. And I, um, my prayer is that it encourages your heart. I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation. There's different translations of the Bible. These ones are really good. They're the English Standard Version. They're more literal. New Living Translation is written in more of our everyday language. Um, both of them are very good. They just kind of serve different purposes. So I'm going to read it out of the New Living. So it might not be the exact same words as what you're reading in Psalm 139 in those Bibles, but it will mean the same thing says, O oh Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God? They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. There was one translation I was reading that said in that last verse, it says, when I come to the end, I am still with you. So um, let's start out kind of with that in our heart that God created us and made us and knows our days. May that bring comfort to you. And I'm going to talk about... Um, Forgiving, apologizing, and letting go when it comes to grief. God forgives you and loves you. There are two kinds of guilt, false and real. If you've done wrong, repent and ask God to forgive you. 
but be wary of false guilt. We live with imperfect information and try to make good decisions, right? We only have our perspective on stuff. Sometimes things don't work out. Let the anger go as it only destroys you and serves no purpose. So if you're um, angry about something that can't be fixed, talk to God about your anger. Um, and that's a way to let it go. You can feel those feelings. You don't have to deny those feelings of anger when we lose something or when, when we're experiencing grief and loss. But if it's serving no purpose and it's causing bitterness in your heart, ask God to help you let it go because it's not going to bring life in your, in your life. You know, if it continues festering, you know, anger can do that, especially surrounding loss. Um, no relationship is perfect. And you have made mistakes and I have made mistakes in every relationship we have. There are things that we wanted to do with our loved one if we're grieving somebody or things that we wish that we didn't do or things that we wish that we didn't say. Who knows that like laying in bed, those words sometimes echo in our heads, what we said and wish we hadn't said, especially when it can't be undone, right? And we can't fix it. Um, Thinking about all the things that could have been different can overwhelm you. Accept God's forgiveness when it comes to your loss and your grief. Forgive others and free yourself from guilt. Apologize from your heart in prayer. And in Acts 3:19, it says, Repent, God, so that your sins may be wiped out that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. So God doesn't ask us to turn away from that stuff, you know, like anger and bitterness because he's grumpy and can't take it. It's because God knows that times of refreshing come when we release that stuff. And I'm not saying that this is an easy thing to do either. I don't take it lightly. It's hard. It's hard work, but it's something that God can help with. And you don't have to do it on your own. You can do it with God's help and also the help of the family. You're not alone in it. Um, there's a quote and it says, it's okay to smile through your grief. As time passes, it's okay to laugh and enjoy yourself. Don't let the devil of guilt consume you. You are still here for a reason. It's time to live life with purpose and passion. I remember after a really unexpected loss in my life of my best friend's little boy, I went through a time of wondering why we even kept going. Like even considering like, why am I even going to buckle my kids into the car seat? You know, if whatever, they're going to die whenever they're going to die. Of course I buckled them in, <laughs> you know, and I did it. But I remember those thoughts. I remember thinking how like watching the world pass and life go on for everybody else and feeling frozen in my life because of that loss. Can anybody relate to that? And wondering how people are continuing and how like cars are driving and, and you know, it was so perplexing to me. And that was something that um, I wasn't expecting to feel. Kind of like this, like, like everything was moving around me and I was at a standstill. Um, let yourself and allow yourself to enjoy life again because there's still life to be lived and your loved one would want you to enjoy life. 
Your loved one would want you to go forward and love and laugh and live. We don't have to keep ourselves stuck in a place of grief to punish ourselves for the things that we're having a hard time letting go of. And um, I think that's a really important thing to remember. Sometimes we feel, at least myself, I guess I can only speak for myself, feel like if I move on and enjoy life again, then somehow it's not honoring the loss that happened in my heart when really it's the opposite, right? We honor that person or that loss by moving on and loving and, and enjoying life. And that's possible. When you forgive, you can't in any way change the past, but you sure do change the future. And it makes you, um, it sets you free. Forgiveness will set you free. Forgiving yourself, forgiving others, forgiving situations. My next point is serving others. Seek meaning and a positive outcome for your loss. Your loss will open your eyes to those experiencing loss, giving you the unique ability to provide support and compassion to others. Serve other people. Open your eyes to others' needs and provide comfort. Loving other people will take your mind from your pain and heal your grieving soul more than you realize, right? And that's the same thing. You know, if you're feeling stuck like the world's moving on, other people are feeling that too. And so when you look for those people and sit with them in that space of sorrow, grief, and loss, um, you're giving a gift not only to them, but to yourself by serving others. Never lose hope. Maybe I should turn the mic up. Can you guys hear me? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's part of families too, right? Tuning out what's going on. <laughs> They're trying at least. Um, never lose hope, guys. Have a hope for a brighter day. And if I could, like, give you a gift, I give, want to give you all these things, but I want to give you hope. I want to give you hope that the rain's going to stop and that there's going to be a brighter day and that spring is going to come after the winter. You know, the leaves are going to bud out on the trees and new life is going to come in your life, even in those places of grief and loss. Even in those things that feel desolate and dead, life is going to spring forth. It is. You feel like you can't move on from? Um, maybe you're not supposed to move on from that space, but maybe you're supposed to bring new life into that space. You know, if you pick up a scoop of dirt, it's just dirt, right? And that's how you could be feeling when you're going through your, your pain and you're walking through this journey. But that dirt long enough, like, and especially if you plant seeds in it, it's going to grow. Ask Carol, if you plant dahlia tubers in that little bit of soil, you're going to get some beautiful flowers. And you can share those with people. <laughs> so... So maybe um, you feel like you can't move on, but maybe it's because a new life is going to grow out of that place where you are. Um, as painful as it seems, you can survive and thrive. There might be days when you feel like you're barely surviving, and this is normal. Try to believe that the rest of your life can be the best of your life. And our greatest hope is that of an eternal heaven with our Lord Jesus Christ. Isaiah 40, 31 says, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. 
They will run and not grow weary, and they will walk and not be faint. Um, there's a little poem. I like poems. I know I've read some poems here before. Did I read this last week? <laughs> um, it's by Emily Dickinson, and I think it's so cute. And I, It says, hope. So this is about hope. I want to impart hope to you guys. Hope is the thing with feathers that perches in the soul and sings the tune without the words and never stops at all. So, um, and Martin Luther King Jr., who I don't know how he kept hoping through some of the stuff he went through. He said, we must accept finite disappointment, but never lose infinite hope. So that's a gift that God has for you is infinite hope. Seek help and connect. That's the next point. Grieving is a normal process, but it is also unique to each individual. Seek help if you feel stuck. Locate a support group if you need to discuss and vent your feelings to people who understand in a non-judgmental environment. Reach out to your church community and compassionate people. Connect with family members and close friends. Don't go through your grief alone. Seek help from the Lord. Romans 12, 15 says, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. So I want you to, um, if you're not the person in the like acute process of walking through grief, be that person who mourns with those who mourn. Can be in that spot too. And we can bring encouragement to people whose souls are weary. Um, be gentle with yourself. This is a long and hard journey. Reach out for help if you need and know that you are not alone. Um, you, this is about you are what you think and like setting your thoughts on things of God. Um, in Philippians 4, 8, it says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So our thoughts can determine who we are. Each one of us wrestles with our thoughts. And only God can really understand you and see into your mind. Remember in Psalm 139, when we read that God made us in our inward parts. Um, so God understands your thoughts. God understands the things that you're like, your unseen life. A lot of our life is lived in our head, right? And if we choose our thoughts and actions and re reactions wisely, it can really help us walk through this journey. Take responsibility for your current reaction to whatever may have happened to you. Um, this is really hard sometimes. This is easy for me to say, but it's hard. Sometimes if we pause and like take a deep breath before we speak, and this is something I'm working on, I'm not always good at it, but sometimes I can, but um, if we pause and take that like three seconds even, sometimes we can stop ourselves from saying things that we wish we hadn't said. Sometimes we can reframe even our thoughts. Sometimes I like to say, there's a scripture in the Bible that says we take every thought. And sometimes we have invasive thoughts. 
about stuff, I'll say, I take every thought captive under the obedience of Christ. And I'll say, thoughts, you have to obey Jesus. <laughs> that might sound kind of wacky, but I do that. And I'll say, you have to obey Jesus' thoughts. I don't always remember, but when I do, it really helps. <laughs> um, we can also choose positive memories over regret. We can choose love over sorrow, forgiveness over anger, and peace over anxiety. That isn't to minimize people who have like anxiety disorders from PTSD or like chemical imbalances. I never want to minimize that. And it's not something you can choose your way out of. But um, for those of us who can who struggle with things that aren't that, we can make choices to um, have peace. It says in Philippians 3, 13 and 14, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is head, ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Jesus Christ. Um, and Marcus Aurelius, I think I said that right, says, when you arise in the morning, think of what a precious privilege it is to be alive, to breathe, to think, to enjoy, and to love. Suffering's normal. Realize that suffering is a part of life. Learn to suffer well. You and your loved ones will experience trials many times and in many ways. We can ask God what we are to learn through it. And we can find moments of beauty and joy in the depths of our anguish. Seek God and open your heart to his love and peace. James 1, 2, and 3 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that testing of your faith produces perseverance. And when we are no longer able to change a situation, we're challenged to change ourselves. So when people, when we lose people or when we have loss of stuff that's out of our control and that we can't change, we can remember that we can change ourselves through it. And we can soften our hearts towards God and we can open our hearts towards others. We can serve and we can forgive. We can surrender. Um, here's another quote. It says, but pain is like water. It finds a way to push through any seal. There's no way to stop it. Sometimes you have to let yourself sink inside of it before you can learn how to swim to the surface. And so that's so true. Sometimes, and just remember when you're sinking inside of the pain that you're going to learn to swim to the surface because God will reach down and he'll help you if you can't learn, <laughs> you know. God's good about that, pulling us out of that. Um, be patient with yourself. It might take a while. As I said, this is a two-part series on grief, but grief is much longer than two parts. Don't put unrealistic demands upon yourself. Let yourself heal according to your own time frame. I'll say it again. Each path is unique. And each path of grief in your life, whether you're grieving a loved one or you're grieving a situation, will have many ups and downs. 
Be patient with other grievers and with friends, family, and strangers that don't understand. Keep an eternal perspective. Sometimes when I'm struggling through stuff, I think, well, I'm not, I'm either not looking far enough back or far enough forward because I can either look far enough back and see that Jesus paid it all, and I can look far enough forward and have the hope that um, I'm going to be face to face with God and, and with my loved ones. And we're just here in the middle trying to struggle through, right? But we have the victory in Christ. That's an eternal perspective. James 1.4 says, let perseverance finish its work so you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. That's a super easy verse to say, but boy, that finishes its work is hard. You know, that's a hard place to be. Colossians 1.11 says, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience. That's not always easy either. <laughs> Sometimes I think about these verses that they print on coffee cups and stuff and like t-shirts and they become cliche. But if you really think about them and meditate on them, they're pretty heavy and they're not cliche and they're not easy, but they are good and they do help us. Um, grief is a journey, often perilous and without clear direction, and it must be taken. The experience of grieving cannot be ordered or categorized, hurried or controlled, pushed aside or ignored indefinitely. It is inevitable as breathing, as change, and as love. Grief may be postponed, but it will not be denied. We're, we all have grief that we'll have to walk through. C.S. Lewis, he's one of my favorite authors actually, I love Narnia. I would go to Narnia if I could. <laughs> um, C.S. Lewis says, if I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. So sometimes we have those longings and desires that only explanation is that we were made, you know, for another world or for this world in a better time, right? Um, you've made it through, be fearless. Don't be afraid. Your loving and forgiving father is available to you. Trust in God and God's wisdom. You can find the strength to survive and thrive through any situation. In Joshua 1, 9, it says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord, your God will be with you wherever you go. And Jesus says in John 14, 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give it to you as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled and don't be afraid. The world can try to give peace in a lot of ways, right? Sometimes um, the world can give peace through like drugs or checking out in, you know, or, you know, substances distractions, um, I mean, gambling, I can think of a lot of things that um, the world gives peace through, but it's not lasting and it doesn't bring life, right? If we try to seek peace through numbing our minds through a substance, um, we're gonna bottom out. It's not gonna bring us to a place of peace. 
the appearance of peace. Yes, the appearance of peace. Thank you, Emmanuel. That's really good. It's not true peace. It's the appearance of peace. And it's a short-lived peace, right? A short-lived appearance. It's a false peace. Yeah, it's a false peace. But God can give you a true peace in your heart, a lasting peace that will bring life and not death. Because the things that bring an appearance of peace, a false peace, they always lead to death. They don't lead to life. So even though it might numb you for a while, it's not going to leave you anywhere again. It's not going to help you get through the journey. It's going to like put you in a hole. So let's pull you up. Okay. <laughs> um, Isaiah 41.10 says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And when you're thinking about somebody that you've lost or a situation, remember the love that you shared. Don't forget the family and friends that are still a part of your life. Stay sensitive to the needs and feelings of others. Love outshines darkness. The light of Christ outshines darkness in your situation. I promise you. I can promise you that God's light, even if it feels dark and dank and moldy and stinky and gross, the light of Christ will outshine that and just keep seeking, keep seeking, you know, um, and spend quality time with those that you love and enrich their lives. God loves you unconditionally. Those that need both your love and God's love. Love involves action. And what we do says more about what we believe than anything we might say. First Corinthians 13, four through eight um, is a scripture that is read at a lot of like weddings and stuff, but I want to read it in light of walking through the journey of grief and loss. It says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Um, and C.S. Lewis again said, to love at all is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will be wrung and possibly broken, but it's worth it, okay? Loving God won't break our hearts, except for in ways that where our hearts break for others, right? God won't break our hearts, except for, for what breaks his, <laughs> you know? And that's a breaking that is good because it makes the things that need to fall away fall away. Um, So I want to pray <clears throat> in closing. So Father, I thank you for the beautiful gift of life. God, when people's lives end, sometimes we don't know how to walk through that. When things end in our lives that, um, that hurt us, we don't always know how to walk through that. 
But God, right now, as we sit here in this place, we rededicate our lives to you. I don't know all the steps that it's going to take, God, for every person in here to walk on their journey of grief. But when we dedicate our lives to you, God, we know that we can trust you to walk with us, whatever path that is. I thank you, God, for forgiving us and never leaving us. As we struggle through this valley, we thank you for the blessings that we still have in our lives. As we cry in despair, God, please draw us near and soothe our hearts. Guide us to be patient and kind and to reach out to those who need to know your love. Open our eyes, God, to see the eternal souls all around us who are in need. Help us to see every person, God, in your image and through your eyes. Help us to grow and be transformed through this situation to be a more compassionate and loving person. Thank you for the encouragement and support of our family and friends. And God, help us here at Tierra Nueva um, be the people who can help bind up the brokenhearted because of your love in us that we can extend to others. God, we want to seek you in every moment and choose our thoughts wisely. God, we need your strength to do this work, though. We can't do it by ourselves. Help us to be unafraid as we go down these paths that we may not have walked down, or maybe we've walked down broken paths that we need to repair and help us to be unafraid as we do that. Blaze the trail before us, God, and help us to just follow after you. There's great hope in the promise of eternal heaven with you, God. And I ask that you would shine your beautiful light through each one of us, despite our suffering. In the places that are broken, let them be just cracks to let your light shine out. Your amazing unconditional love is beyond our comprehension, God. And I pray today that love, compassion, acceptance, and peace will blossom in us as your presence lights the dark places in our soul. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And in 1 John 5, 14, it says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to God's will, God hears us. So God, hear our prayer.